I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Here we go again on our own. Going down you. On the only couch I only <laughs> ever know. Wait. Yeah, going to, going back to the only three rooms I've ever known because everyone's self-quarantined. <laughs> have you have you seen like those posts? It's like people are like, oh man, I'm up today. Where where am I gonna do? And then it's like, could, do I go to the living room, the kitchen? Like, they have, like, a weird, like, map. One of the ones I thought was pretty funny was, um, I'm going to put a beer in every room of my house and go on a pub crawl later. Yeah, I um, saw that one, too. I like that. What was that. the other one I saw? Oh, uh, I hope the weather is nice uh, later this week for my trip to Puerta Backyarda. I'm pretty tired of living in Los Living Room. One of the other ones I saw was... Was uh they were asking Siri like Siri can you tell me what the weather is it doesn't matter you're staying inside <laughs> yeah pretty much oh this is our sad reality welcome to the FBI's most unwanted I'm Matt I'm and you're Justin. probably still stuck inside as you're hearing this so just watch the fucking X Files you don't have anything better to do <laughs> listen to us yeah be join us in <sighs> our, as we. Slowly descended to madness. I don't know why I'm being so aggro about it, but I am. I gotta, I gotta have... Hey, at least you have a job to go to. I know, and that's part of it. Like, um, weirdly enough, this is not anything... This is not on topic with the show, but uh, it's just something... I was at work today, and somebody... This is something I had never really tried to focus on, but somebody literally said to me today... Oh, uh, thanks so much for still showing up to work and like putting your health on the line for everybody else. And I was like, oh yeah, I kind of am doing something like to me, I had just kept thinking of it as kind of like, oh, I just keep going to work. And then this guy was like, oh yeah, thanks for putting your health on the line. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am kind of doing that, aren't I? It, uh. <laughs> so... I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week's episode... Stay tuned for our next South Park when we deep dive into South Park. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. If this thing goes on forever, we might have to deep dive into South... It's not going to go on forever. We're going to get on the, on the other side. Let's talk about this kind of bland episode of The X-Files, which I just gave something away about my thoughts, but I don't care. I got to do something to make this episode... We'll talk about it. This is season yeah. one, episode 19. It is titled Shapes. It's written by Marilyn Osborne and directed by David Nutter. <laughs> and it originally aired on <laughs> April 1st, 1994. So actually, we're recording this on a Tuesday. It won't be out until Thursday. But Wednesday is the uh, anniversary of this episode. Tomorrow, as we record this. So that's just something to... Anyway, uh, 
Just before we dive into it, I will say, and I'll bring it up again and again throughout the episode, it's kind of weird looking back on a time when it was sort of acceptable to use Native Americans as like, I wouldn't say they're necessarily disrespectful to Native Americans in this episode, but it's also the same like old thing of like Native American mysticism, which at the same time these days is probably looked upon as like that would be a disrespectful view of them. I don't know. Well, the fact that, like, what was the main, like, one of the guys that died. Joe Goodensnake? His name was, like, or, yeah, Goodensnake. Yeah, the, yes, his death sets up the rest of the episode. But at the same time, like, I was watching this episode going, oh, they do also do a pretty good job of setting up the fact, or not setting up the fact, but of discussing the fact that the federal government of the United States back then and still to this day unfortunately basically ignores the Native American community and the one thing I'm going to say as we start into this there's actually some weirdly like similar things or themes ish Mm -hmm. uh, from this episode that came up in the last episode where it just felt like it kind of like not to like a full extent but things I've noticed basically you're just you're replacing uh, the re- Christianity and the rights of the religious beliefs we have Native American beliefs. Yes. Versus mm-hmm. like just yeah. So there's actually a weird like I was like man this looks vi- this sounds very similar to what I just watched a week before. Yeah, a little bit, and uh, we'll get into that too. So why don't I pull up my notes here and we'll uh, okay. So the uh, cold open is pretty fun actually. Uh, it opens up on basically different shots of taxidermy animals being caught in flashes of lightning. And then just a couple shots of some men loading their guns. And that was a pretty cool opening shot, actually. That was. I like that a lot. Very just homage-ish of like going for a mm-hmm. hump you like you know what they're they know what's going on it kind of gives you the audience like same deal with like frankenstein's monster yeah a little bit of the right. um yeah the old timey like thunderstorm going out to face the monster kind of yeah yeah and we find out that we are on two medicine ranch which is two medicine doesn't make sense to me but whatever but, yeah and it's in browning montana and this is an older fella and a younger fella uh presumably father and son at this point and we find out later that's true and they're going out and they're checking on their animals and everything and the young guy goes into the barn and he's like checking on the horse and we kind of see like a shadow move uh in and out of the frame really quickly And so then the uh, younger fella, he goes out of the barn and he finds a dead goat and he hears growling and he is attacked by what they try to hide, but also is clearly a werewolf. (laughs) I was like, yeah, because they pretty much like back then. Yeah, you only had so much you could use to like hide. 
but immediately you can just mm-hmm. be like, oh, it's a werewolf now. Like going back, you're like, oh, werewolf right there. And when I, yeah, and earlier, yeah, it's a werewolf story. And it's not even necessarily... When I was talking about how they tried to use the um, Native American mysticism type thing, which even though I don't necessarily think they were being super disrespectful, like in a actual disrespectful way it was also that kind of thing where i think they were trying to use native american legend just kind of as a way to make this a less generic werewolf story which is kind of what i was when i was trying to say that i think that it doesn't necessarily cast a favorable light for some people on uh, the writer of this episode because they'd be like oh they're just exploiting Native American, uh, I don't necessarily think they were exploiting them, but I think nowadays they would say that the writer was trying to exploit Native American culture. Well, this is more of a different kind of topic because, yeah, back in the nine or back in the nineties, like it was kind of a weirdly almost wild west in terms mm-hmm. of uh, film and TV because no one gave a shit. Sure. Like, you just put it out there and whatever, no one really thought anything of it. But now looking back on how, uh, yeah, especially how PC everything is, it definitely does feel more that mm-hmm. uh, kind of like it, it feels a little bit more like didn't do the best in terms of showing off Native American culture instead of just mm-hmm. mocking it. And anyway, the werewolf gets shot by the old dude and it falls over dead. But of course, once it falls over dead, it's not a werewolf. It's just a guy. Of course, because that's how it works when you shoot a werewolf. Uh, Like I said, pretty generic. And then there's the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. And then we come in on uh, this fella. We find out his name is Jim Parker and he's telling Mulder and Scully like, look, I'm not a killer. Uh, it's just my cows have been being attacked lately, uh, ripped to shreds. Four of them have died this month. I, I thought there was an animal out there. Um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, turns out that uh, this fella, Jim Parker, has an ongoing court case with the Indian Reservation. And basically, uh, the law thinks he killed this man, Joe Goodensnake, over this debate over where the ranch ends and the reservation begins. Uh, And so that's why the FBI have been called in, because it ends up being a federal case. Um, So he, you know, he swears up and down, like, look, I could have sworn there was an animal out there. Like, it didn't look like an animal that I I knew what it was, but it it definitely didn't look like a person when I shot it. And look at my boy there, Lyle. He's classic, classic werewolf story. Yeah, it is. In fact, um, I don't have the Wikipedia page up, but I do remember reading when I was doing my research that that was one of the things that a lot of people... Uh, a lot of reviewers back in the day uh, detracted points from this episode for by basically saying underneath the um, Native American legend stuff, it's just a generic werewolf story. Yeah. <clears throat> um, nothing like super original. 
so anyway, uh, apparently the boy, Lyle, the son, boy, he's a full-grown man. He's, <laughs> I call him a boy. Uh, he's got scars, too. Um, and Scully looks at him, and they're, you know, they're claw marks. They look like animal marks, and Mulder is like, well, can we go outside and see the corral where this shooting happened? And they go out, and the son is like, "I." this part is so cheesy. He goes, <laughs> I know our story is hard to believe, but stuff is going on that's hard to explain. And we never actually saw anything weird out there, but we could just feel that something not human was watching us. <laughs> so God. cheesy. Uh, and I even mentioned right here, I'm like, oh boy, I'm not even six whole minutes into this episode and I already remember how bland it kind of is. Like when that line came up, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> so then they're in the corral and Scully's like, well, look, there's here's where the shooter was and there's where the victim was. It was like point blank range. He, There's no way he couldn't tell it was a man. Open and shut case. Why are we even here? And meanwhile, Mulder, of course, is like not paying attention. He's looking in the mud and he finds human footprints that turn into dog footprints. Which I didn't quite, I'm like, shouldn't the dog, shouldn't the dog footprints have been turning back into human footprints? I didn't. It should have been the other way around. It doesn't make sense if the, if Unless if the he was happened. looking at like. From the camera angle, where they entered. From the camera angle, I thought it was like a walking thing, unless they have it backwards, and that was like where he was standing when he fell back when he got shot, and that's him like stumbling backwards from being. I don't know. It didn't look right to me. It doesn't make sense because he. It should have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. Either way, like because if if that's where he, where he exit, it should have been a wolf tracks that turned to man yeah. tracks. So Mulder and Scully are like getting ready to leave and Scully is like, well, this looks pretty normal. Doesn't seem to be anything unexplainable here. And Mulder's like, no, nothing at all. And he holds up a huge piece of dead skin. Gross. (laughs) And so they're in the car and Scully's like looking at it and she's like, kind of looks like it's like a snake skin. But like, look, I, I really actually believe that these Parkers killed Joe Gooden snake on purpose, but they also don't seem like the type of people that would skin their victim. And Mulder's like, Oh, not only that, like it doesn't say anywhere in the coroner's report that there was evidence that he was skinned. So they head off to the Indian reservation, the Trigo Indian reservation to meet up with the sheriff and see the bodies for themselves or see the body for themselves. And I made another note here that Indian reservations make me so sad. Oh God. Have you ever been on one in real life? No, I've never have real quick. I'm going to tell a quick story. Um, this is one, when I good, good way to pad this episode. Well, not only that, like (laughs) just when, when you see Indian reservations on TV, they're always depicted as being like kind of poor and whatever because they're apart from the U.S. government. And it, it's true. There's one in upstate New York. Um, they have a casino. I've been to the casino. And when you cross – in upstate New York is already 
pretty depressing like it's very rural and compared to like lower new york closer to the city it's not just a lot it's all farmland and you know a lot of poor folks uh sadly but when you cross onto the indian reservation it's real poor country and it's just like i feel really bad anytime i've been there and because it because like it comes up in this episode, like these are probably people that could use the help and just don't get it. But that's my political moment for this episode, just because it, you know, they did drive onto this reservation and it they did make it really look like poor town. And it made me think of my real world experience going over to the Indian reservation in New York. So just wanted to tell that story. Anyway, they find the sheriff. And or no, they don't find this. Excuse me. The sheriff comes later. They fir- they first find the, the woman. Yeah. They go into the bar looking for the sheriff. They're like, where do we find him and stuff like that. And everybody in there gives them the evil eye because they stick out like sore thumbs. They're white folks in suits on the Indian reservation. And even uh, an old man leans out from the corner and he's like, what are you doing here, FBI? And Mulder is like, how do you even know that? And he's like, because I could smell you a mile away. <laughs> Which, Again, more 90s tropes of like, how do you know where this thing? Because I could smell you coming from a mile yep. away. Like it's. Yeah. It doesn't um, answer anything. It's just trying to make it seem spookier than what it is. Yeah. And to show a little bit of the conflict, I guess, between the, the Native Americans and the uh, government. But anyway, uh, then Mulder makes uh, kind of an outdated joke because this is an old ad campaign. I don't think anybody remember. He says, uh, they told me my, de- well, they told me that even though my deodorant is made for a woman, it's strong enough for a man. <laughs> wasn't that um ah crap i can't remember the name of the that's a that's a that's a shampoo or that's a dandruff no, no it was like a a secret or it was a deodorant oh yes see secret deodorant yeah something like that um hang on like i'm gonna look it up we're not sponsored by no we're not but it's just it's funny and it's like i said i think it's kind of outdated but anyway um so Mulder starts talking to this old man uh, and the old man is like, you know, I was at wounded knee in 1973. And what I learned fighting the FBI is they don't believe in us and we don't believe in you. And Mulder, of course, answers, I want to believe. And I'm like, oh, God, they had to put that in there, didn't they? If This is like the third or fourth time this has popped up, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Well, and they, yeah. It, it comes up over and over again. But in this context, I was like, okay, way to shove that in there. Um, yeah. So the old man is like, well, why are you here? What are you even looking for? And Mulder's like, well, I think you already know what I'm looking for. And the old man's like, don't you tell me what I already know. And Scully says, look, we're looking for some info about this homicide. And Mulder's like, we're looking for anything that can create human tracks in one step and animal tracks in the next. And over his shoulder, just Scully's face is so... Jillian Anderson, just for being in the background, gave the best look. And um, so uh, the old man says... uh, Parker, he found what you're looking for and he killed what you're looking for. 
And a, a woman who was over playing pool, she slams down her cue and is like, what Parker and his kid did was kill my brother and you're all too... Uh, why am I making her Southern? This is Montana. Why is this is Montana. <laughs> this isn't the South. And they're Native American. <laughs> well, she doesn't have the um, stereotypical... Give her Southern Yeah, for draw. some reason, anytime I make any one of these people... I don't know. For some reason, my default angry voice just seems to be Southern drawl. I don't know why. Your default angry voice is the is the angry mob from South Park that took their jobs. Rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> rabble, rabble. She says, uh, what Parker and his kid did, they killed my brother, and you're all too afraid of some stupid Indian legend to do anything, and I hate it. And I hate suits who are always here when they want something from us. But when we need help, they're nowhere to be found. And she walks out. And as she walks out, she goes by the sheriff who is like, all right, come on. The body's in my office. And they go over there. And Mulder is like immediately like, hey, that woman in the bar was like talking about some old legend. What is that all about? And the sheriff is like, look. I'm not a park ranger. I'm not here to answer all your questions about Indians. <laughs> I don't get federal help. Again with the cops. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, basically, I don't get any federal help when I need it. Technically, this is your case. It's in your jurisdiction. You can examine the body and then just get out of here is basically what he says. And so then Mulder asks... The dumbest question in the world. He says, that woman was Joe Goodensnake's sister? And I'm like, yes, she just fucking said she was. No shit. She literally just said they killed my brother. <laughs> like, that happened a minute ago. <sighs> uh. And the sheriff's like, yeah, that was Gwen. Uh, they were the... Uh, she and Joe were the ones that were responsible for the dispute with the Parker family. And uh, Scully sees scars on Joe Goodensnake's body that look like the same ones that Lyle Parker had when he was attacked. And this is when the sheriff is like, well, if he got attacked, maybe the Parkers did see an animal. And Scully's like, no, no, these scars are really old. And Scully basically just says a lot of stuff we already know about, like the shock, shotgun blast and everything. And the while she's doing that, Mulder opens the mouth of the body and he finds great big old fangs in there. See, and this is like, this is kind of the area where I started like seeing the resemblance from last week's episode because then Mulder... It's like, because after they're looking at it, it's like, well, if there's any, like, actual mm -hmm. abnormalities on the outside, we need to examine the body yep. and do a, an autopsy to see what the inside is. And, like, in the last episode, they were like, oh, you can't because it's of religious grounds. Yep. This time, it's because of Native American culture grounds, even though it's a federal case. So they can do whatever they want. Right. But they're like, no, we, you can't examine the body. It's going to get burned. And that's how we're going to right, keep it. Because technically it's a federal case, but also the reservations aren't technically the United States. So it. Oh, okay. It, well, uh, I'm not sure exactly how, it, because that's why reservations have sheriffs and 
that's why no matter what state they're in, even if gambling's illegal in the state, they can have casinos on because technically the reservations are their own state. S- I think they're technically their own nations. I don't even necessarily think they're technically part of the United States. I could be wrong about that. Someone Tune into the next Two Broke Geeks uh, podcast where we always our next project. You have this, you have a podcast, and then us just trying to figure out if Native American uh, Indian reservations well, are considered part of the U.S. Yeah, I could be completely wrong, but I think that's why the sheriff can say, "Look, you you don't get the opportunity. They're literally going to burn his body tonight. Like you can't stop them." Yeah, and they're like. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, and that's the way we're gonna have it, and that's the way I want. Because in go. the last episode, remember, they did finally get to say, "Look, we can examine this body, like, and we should examine this body." And in this one, I think I could be completely wrong. I, I, that's just was my. I feel like I heard that. Ah, fuck it. I'm moving on. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> I'm getting. This episode is not that good to dwindle this much no. on it. <laughs> um, basically, uh, uh, yeah, and there's the whole thing where they, where Scully's like uh, trying to say that maybe Joe Goodensnake's dental X-ray is like somebody else's dental X-ray, <laughs> and Mulder's like, no, no, uh, see this chip tooth, and uh, the sheriff is like, wow. This is the part where you start to maybe realize that the sheriff kind of maybe knows because he's like, oh, this could be why Jim Parker says he saw an animal like he was out there. He thought he was going to find a mountain lion killing his. He just saw saw the the teeth like his flashlight, like, you know, pointed at the teeth and he thought that was the animal and he shot it. (laughs) And Scully's like, "Okay, so he did see an animal and Mulder's like, no, no. Because don't forget, Lyle Parker did get attacked by something, just like Joe got attacked by something. And then they have the whole argument about the autopsy. And uh, they talk about, like, spirits and all this other stuff. Uh, This is the kind of the part where I'm like, all right, all right, move along. Um, And so they do. They move on to the scene you know we're at the uh funeral pyre i guess like the body is on top of all the logs and it's being prayed around and Mulder and scully are there watching from the car and scully finally says look ever since we got here you have acted like you expected to find every single piece of evidence we actually did find like what is going on here and Mulder uh, turns around and pulls out the very first X-File, which was written by J. Edgar Hoover, who, of course, was the head of the FBI, the first head of the FBI in 1946. And he was like, look, during World War II, there were all these murders uh, in kind of this same area. And the victims were ripped to shreds like it was an animal, but many of them were found right in their own houses. Like they invited the killer in. And then in 1946 police 
uh, cornered a, an animal in a cabin and they shot it. But when they went into the cabin, they found the body of a man named Richard Watkins. And then the murders stopped. But because the cases were never actually solved and were so bizarre, uh, Hoover just locked them away in a file, hoping everyone would forget about them. And then Scully was like, but it says here that the murders started again in 1954. And Mulder's like, well, and then again in 59 and 64 and 1978. And now again in 1994. But, and he turns around again to lean into the back seat. And Scully, I love, Scully goes, and here it comes. And here it comes, yes. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Because uh, Mulder goes, look, these Animal Man murders are actually even older than the X-Files. Uh, members of exploration teams wrote of Indian men who could become wolves. And Scully's like, ah, clinical lycanthropy? Men that believe they can turn into other animals and they commit murders because no one can actually change into an animal. And she gets out of the car and starts to walk away. And Mulder follows her and is like, but how can, but the evidence, the footprints, the skin, the man with the big teeth. And Scully's like, so what? Even if you're right, he's dead. The, there's no mystery. It's over. And Mulder's like, well, I hope so. <laughs> it's another case of like the yada uh -huh. yada. Like there's, there. Was, I did like her I yelling at him, it, though. She's like, even if you're right, so what? Like, there's no mystery. He's dead. <laughs> that really is, like, the only real thing about this episode was it moved so... I felt like it moved so slowly because there wasn't too much going on. Yeah, because now we and get the whole funeral like, scene. Because um, Scully goes to see Gwen, the sister, and there's, like, this whole thing where she's like, you're not, you're not supposed to be here. Uh... And Scully's like, well, I'm sorry about your brother. Like, I know what it's like to lose a member of your family. And Gwen is like, he was my whole family. And now I'm supposed to give away all of his things. And she gives like this something necklace or bracelet to. Necklace with like, with, with like right, claws it's got on this, it. These big claws. And then the sheriff comes and Mulder is like. Hey, your report was really good, really professional, but now just tell me off the record what really happened. And the sheriff is like, your explanation is right over there, ready to be burned, and you need to accept that and go home. And Mulder doesn't let it go. He's like, do you believe in shape-shifting? And the sheriff is like, this is a funeral. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yes, okay. So they, they set the body on fire and it's burning and everything. And Lyle Parker comes on his horse and he's, you know, takes his hat off to do like the respect thing. And Gwen sees him and goes over and she's like, I don't want your, he's like, I'm just here to pay my respects. And she's like, I want your respect. I want your heart to grow cold and for you to feel exactly how I feel right now. And the sheriff is like you better leave and so he does and then we get a little scene of jim parker basically living the life he's having a cigar he's on his porch having a cigar and his drink and looks like a pretty nice night outside and poor man here's a sound and he 
gets up and goes to see what the sound was and he gets attacked by a werewolf and dies. Oh, oh well. I know, but it, like I said, it looked like he was having such a good night. Like, <laughs> too bad he had to go when he was just living the life out there on his porch, smoking and drinking. <coughs> Not a coronavirus attack. I swallowed my spit wrong. Um, That's a yeah, lie. that is a lie. I'm going to die. Sorry, everybody. This is the end of the show. I shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. wow. Sorry, I go that sorry. Far. That was not nice. Sometimes the only way to get through something dark is to make jokes about it, but not everybody feels the same way, and I got to try and remember that. I think we're going to be more unwanted now than yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, the next morning, Scully's like check, checking out the dead <laughs> body. I had to move past that. Like, I didn't know what else to do. Um, she's like, well, looks like he was attacked by a large predator. Or someone killed him and made it look like he was killed by a large predator. Do you, do you think maybe it was payback because he killed Joe? And has anybody seen Gwen? And the sheriff's like, not since yesterday. And then she's like, what about Lyle? And the sheriff's like, we can't find him either. So she goes looking around because she's like, oh, no, maybe Lyle's dead. And then we see Mulder wandering around all on his own, and he finds a big old tuft of brown fur behind a log, and then another big old piece of dead skin. And Scully's wandering around the corral, and she sees a big kitty, a big old pretty kitty, uh, a mountain lion, everybody. But to me, that's just a big kitty. I think we discussed on Two Broke Geeks once, I'm going to die trying to pet a mountain lion. Yeah, because it's going to be like one of those instances where it's going to be like one of those posts where it's like if they're if it's cold outside, yeah. and then you should let them in because you let like whatever, and it's going to picture of like a cougar yep. or a mountain lion. And I saw this poor old mountain lion on like, the show, yeah. and he's in this little cage, and I'm like, oh, poor big kitty, I want to pet him and let him out. <laughs> um, and then of course she gets scared because it growls at her and everything and then she sees lyle's body just laying out in the field all naked and passed out and so then we see the sheriff and he pulls a big claw out of jim and Mulder comes up and he's like that's not from any animal I've ever seen. And I'm thinking to myself, have you seen every animal in the world, Mulder? Because I don't think you have. <laughs> Such a liar. And so he's like, I think we need to have a, have a talk. And that's when Scully comes along with Lyle. And she's like, I got to take him to the hospital. He's suffering from exposure because he's been lying out in the field. And I'll question him once he's, you know, checked out as being healthy. And so they leave and Mulder's like, what are, says to the sheriff, what are you hiding? And the sheriff is just like, well, I thought it was over. And Mulder's like, is that why you wouldn't allow an autopsy? Because you thought if he just cremated the body, it would be over. And the sheriff is like, well, I can't tell you, but I can take you to someone who can. <laughs> so so yes. basically, yes, exactly. Yeah. Just beating around the bush. And then at the hospital, Scully's there with Lyle. And he's, she, you know, she's like, what happened? And he's like, well, you know, after I left the funeral, I felt pretty bad. And so I bought some bourbon. And I don't remember what happened after I drank the bourbon. And, you know, 
as people tend to not remember what happens after they drink a whole bottle of bourbon, but, um, he's like, you know, uh, when I feel bad, I go out there where you found me and I look at all the stray animals and, you know, try and think about life and think about my mom and everything. And man, I must've been really drunk to be out there naked. Uh, I must've thought I was an animal hint, hint hint and so scully is like did you talk to your father when you got home and he's like no my father would have been like mad that i even went but i do seem to remember seeing him sitting on the porch having a drink hint 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 um and he's like why and scully's like oh i'm sorry your dad's dead it looks like he was an attacked by an animal, but I, I think somebody killed him and Lyle starts crying and is, you know, like, I, I hope it wasn't my fault. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> um, and then back uh, to Mulder, he's talking to the old dude from the bar who is like, you know, I saw it. I hate the... I, if this is the, I guess in real life, I've never, I've met people of Native American descent, but I guess I've never met anybody like that lives on a reservation. I don't know if that voice is a real voice or a stereotype. When he's like, I think it's, I think it's like both. Okay. Both. Cause I was a little bit worried about that while I was watching it. I was like, is that like a real accent or is that like an accent that somebody invented to like be racist? I don't know. That's a tough one. But I guess if the actor was native American and was okay with it, I don't know. It bothered me. Cause he was like, I saw it once long time ago. It was, uh, you know, it, it uh, you have an Indian name. Fox. I like you FBI. You have, you even have a native Amer- a native American name. Fox, you should be running Fox or Sneaky Fox. Yeah, it was a little weirdly kind of racist. A little bit, but also that could just be the... I don't know. That That's part of the reason I was somewhat uncomfortable watching this episode. I'm like, I don't know how much of this is like outdated racial stuff and how much is like actually this is a good representation of their culture. I should learn more about it. And uh, Mulder gets in, well, just as long as it's not spooky, Fox. And so then the old man of course, talks about back in the day, this uh, Watkins guy uh, was attacked by an animal while he was alone in the woods. Uh, but, you know, he kind of let his wounds heal and moved on. But then the murders started and... Uh, the Native American people realized that this man Watkins had been attacked by what the Algonquins call a Manitou, which is an evil spirit capable of changing a man into an animal. And if a person is attacked by a Manitou, they become one. And Mulder's like, oh, the scars on Joe's body. And the old man is like, well, you know, a Manitou overtakes a person by night, not by a full moon. And it gets like more and more bloodthirsty until it changes the man into a savage beast. And then in the morning, the man doesn't remember what happens. And it happens every single day until the man dies. And I'm like, well, okay. 
And then the old fella keeps talking about, you know, when I was 16, I was heading home. Uh, I had been fishing and I took a shortcut through uh, the Watkins backyard and I heard like strange noises coming from his house. So I went to make sure everything was okay. And Watkins was there and he was sweating and bleeding and his skin was falling off and his fingernails were turning into claws, but his eyes were still human and he begged me to kill him. But I was scared and I didn't have a gun, so I ran away. And after the Watkins guy died, apparently the Manitou came back eight years later because the curse can be passed along through bloodlines and Watkins had a son. And this is when the sheriff is like, oh my God, it, it, maybe it's Gwen that attacked. If, if Joe was the Manitou and maybe it didn't happen when he got attacked, maybe like his dad was one. And that means Gwen could be a Manitou too. Quick, we got to go f figure out what happened. But they hear a sound outside and they go to investigate and it's Gwen. She's trying to steal the old guy's pickup truck. And the sheriff stops her and he tries to arrest her. But she's like crying and she's like, I have to get away. I saw it kill Parker. And Mulder is like, what are you talking about? And she's like... I went over there because I was going to beat Lyle up and I saw the old man sitting on the porch, but he got attacked by an animal and I got scared and it scared me so much I wanted to leave town. And she's like crying and being hysterical and stuff. It's a little bit overdone. Well, I went over to beat him up. Yeah, she basically is like, well, after a funeral, I went over to rough him up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down, lady. Uh, like he, I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, Scully takes Lyle back to the ranch and they go inside and the power is out. And Lyle is like, ah, it happens. Let me go start the generator. But as he turns to go turn on the generator, he like doubles over clutching his stomach. He's like, oh God, I feel sick. Help me get to the bathroom. So Scully does. And then we find out, you know, the sheriff and Mulder, they're on their way, but they're seven miles away. And Mulder, uh, this is the early invention of the cell phone. And they're already having to do, um, he can't call her because the service is out or we're out of service area or no bars or whatever. Um, and so then we cut back and we see Lyle in the bathroom he's locked himself in and he's panting and moaning and taking his shirt off and it might be erotic if he wasn't like turning into a werewolf i gotta say throughout this part uh i actually was kind of impressed with at least the uh makeup effect decent for, like low decent budget amount. werewolf transformation <clears throat> But they did what they That's could, what I mean. and like mm -hmm. the way they shot with the camera, like it worked worked for. Yeah, the well. way it was shot and the way he sold it, and like I said, low budget. They showed as much as they could at that time with the money they had, and it worked yeah. pretty well. Like he obviously, it's not like American Werewolf in London, but they, you know, they do like his hand kind of turns into a paw and the skin splits open and hair comes out, and they do some stuff to his face and then like the face yeah. stuff. It was good. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. In fact, I kind of like this whole ending bit. Like it's, I say this is a fairly generic werewolf story, but for being a fairly generic, uh, 
werewolf story here at the end like these last couple minutes where he's full-on werewolf even though you don't see him full-on again budget constraints the the tension of it and the few glimpses you get of him work pretty well i think yeah i i have to agree like the like this whole bet end sequence like the rest of the episode was fairly dull yep. for the most part because there wasn't much going on for the most right. part to begin with. But then they kind of made it up a little bit with this whole sequence at the end. Yeah, because, I mean, he busts... Because uh, Scully's, like, trying to help. She's like, uh, uh, come on, I can take you back to the hospital. Let me in. And he won't let her in because he's turning into a werewolf. So she tries to pick the lock to get in. And while she's trying to pick the lock, like, the big hairy arm comes right through the door and, like, tries to grab her. Um, And then Mulder and the sheriff arrive and Mulder heads in the door. And we kind of get Mulder. He's in the house. He finds the claw marks on the wall and he finds the dropped flashlight. And around back, we get a quick scene of the sheriff being startled by the big kitty in the cage because it, it, it seems almost irrelevant that we get this shot, but it kind of is a minor plot point for later. Um, and then in the house, you know, Mulder is creeping around in the dark trying to find Scully and there's a roar and... Uh, Mulder turns around and starts shooting at the werewolf kind of running across the room and we only get to see it in the flashes from Mulder's uh, gunfire and Mulder heads up the stairs and you know Scully is there and she's like something jump me downstairs and they do the whole thing where they go through the house in the dark uh, like we just said a few minutes ago pretty well executed like tension scene of them trying to find the werewolf and I also thought it worked pretty well that every once in a while you could hear the werewolf, even though you didn't like they inserted growls pretty strategically. Yeah. Uh, And finally, the werewolf jumps out from behind something and is going to attack them. But the sheriff is there and he shoots it and they go over to the body. But of course, it's not a werewolf anymore. It's Lyle. And Scully's like, oh, oh my God, he was in the bathroom. He was all sick. And then we got attacked by the mountain lion. <laughs> I'm like, this whole bit was like, are you I'm kidding I'm like, you're me? trying really hard here. You're reaching so hard. Like, it, the fucking thing burst out the bathroom door at you. How the hell was it? And Mulder's like, that wasn't the mountain lion. And then this is when the sheriff is like, no, no, I just saw it. It's in the cage out back still. And so the next morning, Mulder and Scully, they're leaving. And, uh, you know, the sheriff mentions that Gwen has left town. She doesn't have anything left to stay for. And um, he's like, maybe she just saw something she wasn't ready to understand. And Scully says, maybe. Kind of like she can totally relate to that because it just happened to her last night when she tried to say it was a mountain lion. (laughs) And then as Mulder and Scully shake the sheriff's hand and are getting ready to leave, Mulder sees the old man again. He says, FBI, see you again in about eight years. And Mulder's like, I hope not. And he gets in his car and they leave. And that's the end. (laughs) So that was shapes. (sighs) And, uh, 
I don't think we have too much more to say about it, but if you want to go ahead and give any final thoughts in a letter grade. Letter grade for this, the last sequence is what saved it, but not enough to put it at a B minus. Sure. So that's where it's at. It's a B minus. It could have been higher if it like was like a good run through, mm-hmm. like through line throughout the whole thing. Yep. But th- it was so hard to really care about anything up until that last bit. I'm very close to you there, except I think it's probably more in the C plus range. Like it's barely above average, but probably only because of the. There's nothing wrong with it exactly, but there's nothing right with it either. Because like, like I've said from the beginning, I think the best word I have for this episode is bland. It's very yeah. bland. Um, so anyway, next week, Everybody's Homework is an episode I actually enjoy quite a bit. And I'll talk about why next time. But the next episode is called Darkness Falls. And I'm looking forward to revisiting that episode. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do know I enjoy it. So, spoiler alert for Darkness Falls. I like it. (laughs) I'm excited to check it out. So, that's it till next week. Later, everyone. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.